0: Welcome to the Rise Up Fitness Podcast, broadcast from sunny Santa Barbara, California. We're here to go back to the facts, educate you in health and fitness, and help you rise up to your full potential.
1: Hello and welcome to the Rise Up Fitness Podcast. I am technically your only host today, the hostess with the mostess. If you will. Um, Addie Clark, one of the owners of Rise Up Fitness. And I'm actually sitting here with your other regular host, Kyle. Um, But he is the subject of today's podcast. So he doesn't get to be called a host.
0: I'm not a host today. I'm just here as an interviewee.
1: A subject. You're a A subject. subject. We're going to paint a beautiful... Picture of you using questions (laughs) and words today.
0: Oh, man. This is going to be interesting and fun. This is going to be
1: a good time. Um, So Kyle has a big uh, triathlon race coming up this weekend, and we wanted to talk to him a little bit about it because he actually hasn't been racing triathlons since uh, Rise Up Fitness opened. So a lot of you guys may not know um, about this really big part of his life that makes him really cool and really awesome so
0: it'll be really cool I'm kind of excited to get a few questions here I don't think it'll be too long but uh I have no idea what Addy's gonna ask me we're just kind of doing this off the cuff so it should be fun
1: I wrote questions. Don't worry. No, I you did. I just saying
0: I, I don't know what you're going to ask me. So that's why it should be fun.
1: Don't you look so nervous. Don't look nervous.
0: I'm more nervous now than I will be for my race. <laughs> it's going to be
1: fun. Okay. So just a couple things to get us started. What is your background with triathlon? When did you start?
0: Uh, background triathlon started a long time ago. I think my very first triathlon I did was 2009 with no experience in triathlon, really not much at all in swim, bike, or run. And kind of took it from there. So that's where I started. I've do ten years know, ago. Ten years ago. Wowza. Yeah. Um, so that's my start.
1: Okay. Why did you start doing triathlon?
0: Um, I started as a good challenge. Um, I wanted to kind of get back in shape. I I was always comfortable in the water. Comfortable swimming. And, um, I started kind of just running for exercise just to keep myself motivated. And then I was commuting on a bike to work. And one of my coworkers at the time when I worked as an engineer was like, Hey, you should do a triathlon. You swim, you bike, you run, you know how to do all three. And I was like, you're right. I should. And that's kind of just how it started. Just on kind of a, someone a recommendation and me looking at it as a fun challenge.
1: Very cool. So it was something that started in your adult life. It didn't come from like being a young kid looking up to triathletes or anything like
0: that. Not at all. I knew nothing about the sport when I got it in. in 2009. I was uh, I already graduated from college. I was always active. I didn't play sports actively in college, but through high school, I was always active. But basically, what happened was, is it it all started after I had graduated. I had a little more free time on my hands for hobbies and whatnot. And it kind of just that after that first race, it kind of took me by storm.
1: Okay. So I heard you say that it was a a way for you to get back in shape too. And I think most of us probably can't imagine you being out of shape in any way. But um, was this something that you were good at from the start or did it take a lot of work for you to get comfortable with it, get good at it?
0: Yeah, it's interesting. It actually took a ton of work I'm um, just I, I was like I said I was always active I played sports through high school it was you know fun so that wasn't new because a lot of you guys know you go up to college um, I was in an engineering program you know my time was split mostly between studying and trying to make it through that engineering program which is very uh, difficult and then you know the party scene which is always fun in college
1: did you gain the freshman 15
0: I didn't gain the freshman 15 actually freshman I was five. I was pretty skinny all through college even though oh, yeah you're
1: a boy I'm a boy That's even rude.
0: even though I was so out of shape. I mean, I played intramural sports, but that consists of showing up on Tuesday night for indoor soccer and running around. It's not, it's not exercise. It's fun. And so once I got out of school, then that freshman 15 starts to hit the guys a little later in life when they're 21, 22, 23. Revenge. And so, revenge. Finally. So hits the guys a little later out of college, and then I started to gain weight, and that just was not okay with me, and I, that's where I kind of just started and said, yeah, okay, I'm going to get in you promised me
1: pictures of that time in your life for a long time, and so far they haven't surfaced. Well, we
0: didn't have social media. I'm not a youngster like you, so it's a lot harder to track those ones down. It's <sighs> a shame. I know. All right.
1: Well, someday, hopefully, we'll get to see maybe Kyle from the start. I know. Well, tell us a little bit about this upcoming race this weekend. What is it? What, um, what is your, uh, what do you have to do?
0: So I'm doing a half Ironman. So um, I kind of brushed over my triathlon career, but I've raced everything from 2009. I got very seriously in the sport. Um, I've raced everything from sprint short races that are under an hour to Ironman races. So this weekend's, uh it's an Ironman brand race, but it's considered a half Ironman in distance. And what that means is it's a 1.2 mile swim. It's a 56 mile bike ride and then a 13 mile run. So that's half the distance of a typical Ironman race, which is um, uh, uh, is kind of up there. So, and then this race is so there's different distances. Everyone asks like, what's a triathlon or what's a full triathlon? And kind of the easy thing to kind of think about is triathlon doesn't mean distance. It means the three sports. It means swim, bike, and run. And okay, so, so there
1: are different, obviously different lengths. You could you mentioned sprint. There, yes, all the other kinds. There's
0: too. lots of different distances, and the way I like to describe it to people is, you know, if you go uh, going to the Olympics and you're watching running, you're going to watch the best 5k runners in the world. You're going to watch the best um, 10k runners in the world, the best marathon runners in the world. There's different distances, and the people and
1: who it, run for like 10 seconds, and but then you have got the go 100 0.05 meter, and 200 meter, than right. Other right?
0: Right, you get the really really short ones. So Um, basically it doesn't mean that one distance is harder or easier at the top level than the other one it's just kind of a kind of what's your preference so like i said this one's considered the half iron man or 70.3 distance on there so it's cool and a little kind of fun fact is that iron man is kind of thought of as like oh the you know pinnacle of triathlon but i really think the best athletes in the world are the ones that race the distance that's competed against in the olympics and that's a lot closer to a two-hour race than an ironman which is an eight or nine-hour race
1: okay that was actually to me my next uh, question was is a half ironman half as hard as an
0: ironman it's different i mean i like to say you know to anyone if they're thinking about it that it's a they're all the same difficulty if you're competing at a level now someone coming out if you're not into triathlon or you've never done a triathlon obviously an iron man is going to be much harder than a sprint but for someone who runs let's say you know an 800 meter race on a track that's taking under two minutes to do that's not necessarily easier or harder than a marathon for a runner so, if you talk to a professional runner, a marathon for them is very comfortable for the vast majority of the race and very, very hard at the end and For a two or an eight hundred meter runner, if your lungs aren 't basically in your throat and your heart isn 't in your throat from about the first ten seconds you 're not going hard enough. so, do you squish that effort into less than two minutes or do you put it over two hours it 's kind of how it is so for me, it's it's definitely not that it's harder than an Ironman, but you the shorter you go, the higher intensity you race. So it's they're all challenging in their own way.
1: Okay, so different different kinds of hard, but not different like-
0: kinds of hard. It's not it's not out there challenging yourself for eight hours. This race is about four and a half for me to five hours.
1: Right. So you don't look at it. You're not like well, at least I'm not racing an Ironman today. You're like this is gonna right. be just as hard, but in a different way. Right.
0: But when you're training for an Ironman, um, myself included, you know much of the race is very comfortable. I've, if you've trained for it correctly, the first six, seven hour, even seven hours of an Ironman, it's... Seven hours. I know, it sounds crazy, <laughs> but it's mostly conversation pace. If you came up to me in an Ironman at any point in the first six hours, and you talk to me, if I can't have a conversation with you, I'm going too hard.
1: Would you want to have a conversation?
0: You know, you do, actually, even on the run. like Pass the time a little you bit? You do. Sometimes you end up running with someone who's your pace, and you chat a little bit. It's not huge, you know, in-depth conversations, but... A few words actually does help kind of distract you, you a little bit. You don't want bit.
1: to talk politics during
0: the man. But on this race for four hours, if I might be able to get a few words out, but I'm not I'm going hard enough so that it, pretty much at any point during this race I'm I'm not able to really have a conversation with you. Right. Yeah.
1: Did you um, prepare for this race by yourself?
0: I did mostly by myself. Um, I have a... When you say prepare for yourself, there's two ways to think about it. I put my own on this one. I've had coaches in the past and I've worked with really yeah, you know high end coaches. Was going with that. Yeah, but for this one, I, I did coach myself for this one and I've done enough training and I know what I need to do. So I did put together my own training program and train for it myself because I, I know where I need to get to and I've done it before. With that being said, I have a couple of really good friends that I train with, mainly Scott Manhan and Jason Smith, who are two, two buddies. So we definitely do workouts together and we try to overlap as much as we can because I'd always much rather work out with a friend or a group than on individually, but it's challenging at times when you're really busy to kind of all for your schedules to mesh together. So
1: you prepared for this one by yourself and there were times obviously where you just had to go out and do it and be self-motivated. Absolutely. But in the past you've had a coach, right?
0: yeah so it 's um kind of interesting when I started out i didn 't have a coach and i 've always been like kind of like a student of the sport and i've i 've always coached people from almost the when I got serious in the sport because I loved it. I read about it I was detailed oriented about it I tracked my workouts I put training plans together, so I had that so i it wasn 't that you don 't know what to do when I was competing at a very high level and I was um going to world championship races. Uh, I kind of, the next step is to take, to look up and to get a coach. And the way I describe that to people is it's not that I didn't know what, how to do the hard work or even what to do, but you need someone outside kind of taking a look at you at the highest level that can help you. So for example, Tiger Woods, right? You know, one of the best golfers of all time, best coach. He has a coach. It. He has a stroke mechanics coach. He has someone that can look at his stroke and tell him where his flaws are. Now that coach He's not going to be able to hit the ball better than Tiger Woods, but he can look at him from the outside. And so that's what I was really looking for is someone to take a look at me, my training from the outside when I did have a coach. yeah,
1: Right. Okay. And my other question regarding having a coach is a lot of what we hear at Rise Up um, is that you need someone to kind of kick you in the pants a little bit. And I I wonder how much that affected you because as somebody who is super self-motivated, do you felt like you needed someone to... Really say, okay, no, Kyle, you can do this. You know, you don't think you can, or maybe you don't think this is the right choice. But I'm going to tell you to do it anyway. Right? Was at any point like during your training, maybe when you were doing an Ironman that you were really pushing for it? Like, was there any point where you felt like you didn't just need the perspective, but you needed the motivation from right. somebody else?
0: um I would say I'm I'm a very self motivated person, um, and I use that by just setting high goals for myself. So. Even if I don't want to get out the door, I'm going to do it anyway. It's not so much that I need the rah-rah from someone, mm-hmm. but more so the the bigger benefit I saw with a coach for myself personally. I know I might be in the minority on this, but it was the holding back or telling me you've done enough or telling me mm-hmm. you're okay. Now, with that being said, there are times where you need motivation. And there has been a couple times where you can get in your own head and having someone really, really, really helps And for myself, I can remember, I like to tell the story is one time I remember I was in one of my hardest trainings where I was training for the Ironman World Championships in 2012. And my coach who was, she trained, she was amazing.
1: Sorry, I just want to interrupt you for a second. For those of you who who don't know, because you didn't mention it earlier. um, Kyle's been to the Ironman World Championships twice in Kona, which is a huge achievement to earn a spot there at all. But to go more than once is unbelievable. So... You know, we, we don't get a chance to brag about ourselves a lot. So let me just brag about him a little bit and tell you that. So in case you don't know, a lot of people do. You know, he's been really active in the community, in the triathlon community here. But in case you don't know that, that's a pretty big deal. I didn't know that until I learned what triathlon was, which wasn't until <laughs> recently. But it's a big deal.
0: Well, thank you, Addie, I appreciate that. Um, but yeah, let, so going back to talking about a coach, when I did start actually going to world championship races, that was when I decided it was time to get that little extra help. Um, and then so kind of launching back into my story, I had to work with this coach. I had gone to training camp with her and she was absolutely amazing, very detail-oriented and really, really good to work with. And so I was working with the training program uh, with her. And so, you know, her, her goal is to test your limits at times. And I've learned a lot of valuable lessons from her. And she wouldn't give me my workouts too much in advance. She had a master plan, but she would only let me see it chunks at a time. Plan. Yeah. So she put down, I think As it was two weeks Always. of training. <laughs> she put down two weeks of training in my training schedule at one point, And I looked at it and I was physically tired. And this is when you're training, you know, 16 to 20 hours a week of exercise training for an Ironman, there's points where you get tired. And I looked at the training that she I had put in that front way of me.
1: When I'm training one hour Sundays. <laughs>
0: yeah. So I look at the training log that she had put in front of me, and I was looking at the intensity she was having, and, you know, the paces, the speeds that she wanted me to go, and the volume, meaning the amount of hours. And I was like, "There's no way I can do this. There's no way, not possible." And so I get into my own head, and I'm thinking to myself, "Like I can't do this, blah blah." So I write her this long email. It's probably like four paragraphs, and we had a very open coaching relationship, meaning very feedback oriented. If I thought something was you know, I didn't like something about my program, I would tell her, or I I thought something that I needed to do something else, we'd go back and forth a lot, which was the relationship that we need to have. But
1: right. she was really willing to explain all our choices. And explain
0: stuff. and mm-hmm. work with me and, and us to figure out what's best for me. But with that being said, as part of our agreement was she always has the last say. And if she doesn't have the last say, then she's not suited to be my coach and I kinda like that. So I read this big four paragraph email detailed Everything out. This is why I don't think this is good. I shouldn't be doing this in my training right now. I've never hit this. I can't do this and this. And usually when I write her one paragraph, she writes me two back. So I'm expecting a long, detailed email and kind of some sort of you know, I don't know, negotiation on what my training is going to be. And she writes me back one line and says, "You're going to try." And I just wanted to like you know, I think "shit" were the first words out of my mouth. And I'm saying letters, but okay. Yeah. I was sitting there thinking like she didn't respond to me and there was nothing I could do at that point. It wasn't because she was being lazy. It wasn't because she wasn't, she just knew. And I said, okay, fine. If she's going to have that attitude, I'm going to show her that I can't do this. I'm going to bury myself. She's going to be able to look at my training files. She's going to be able to look at my heart rate. She's going to see that I just completely blew up and that's not possible. And so I just took it day by day and sure enough, day in, day out. I like, oh, I got through it that day. Well, tomorrow's even harder. Got through that day, got through that day.
1: What's interesting to me about that story, though, too, is that your response to it wasn't like, okay, yeah, you know, I I can't do this, whatever. But you didn't let that sabotage your actual workouts. And I feel like that's something that's. I mean, I don't know. I've had those thoughts when you're in when you're in class or you're doing whatever and you're like and especially running with me is really, really challenging. And that's where I get in my own head the most. And it's like once I have that thought of like, I can't do this today I find it very hard to prove myself wrong. Right. So I I find it really impressive and interesting that your brain was still like, I don't think I can do this. But you managed to still get through those workouts. Yeah. And I still think, try and beat them. Like underneath you were still like, but I'm going to try to do it.
0: Well, the mentality. Well, she didn't give me a choice. And it's uh, I'm never one to back down from a challenge. And when you get into triathlon, again, this is... I, the vast majority of people, and I understand this, need you know motivation. And that's why we have someone like Rise Up Fitness. But for myself, I'm very internally motivated on my own goals. And for me, the motivation, I, I really like to challenge myself and see if I can do things. And so for me, the motivation, I had to turn it on my head. Because if I took it like, I can't do this, woe is me, blah, blah, mm-hmm. blah. I had to take my motivation with trying to prove her wrong. And my proving her wrong was that I'm not able to. And so it's a little hard to explain to people, but like, let's say it's she said, okay. like
1: reverse, reverse psychology. It
0: is. But let's say she's saying, okay, you have to do eight intervals of one mile at six minute pace. Okay. So I would run at six minute pace. Now she tracks my heart rate. She knows my effort level, right? So all of a sudden, if she sees I'm on my third, fourth, fifth interval, my heart rate is maxed out. It's through the roof. She would understand my effort level. Right. And so my thing was, is I'm going to put in the effort. I'm not going to wimp out and tell her I can't. I'm going to prove her wrong that she wrote the wrong schedule for me.
1: Right. And you're going to let the data kind of show it. I
0: almost needed a new motivation to get through those workouts. And that kind of was my motivation. And I, you know, it was very interesting at the end, kind of got through it. And, you know, I had this conversation with her after. And I was like, I didn't think you could do this. And she said, you know, I... I was, you know, said, I was pretty sure you can. And she, I was like, well, how did you know? And she's like, I did not And I said, well, what do you mean? And she's like, I was pretty sure you could, but I wasn't sure. But if we don't push your limits, we're never going to see where they're going to lie. And if we never had thrown this at you, how would we have known if you can do it? And she said, I don't want all your workouts to go bad. But if every one of your workouts goes perfect leading up to your race, I haven't done my job because I don't, because you could have done more. You done more. what exactly. if you could have done more? What if you could have done more? so. Bad workouts aren't a bad thing. Failures and workouts aren't a bad thing. If they're happening regularly, yes, that's a bad thing. But occasionally having a bad workout is actually a good thing. It kind of shows you where your limits lie. So that was another really good lesson I learned from her.
1: It reminds me of our podcast we did with Steve, yeah, um, Smith, yeah, uh, talking about like the the way that your brain tries to keep you safe. It tries to hold you back from your limits. Um, he talked about the limbic lizard and the robot that lives in your brain. If you haven't heard the podcast, you should go listen to it because I'm going to sound yeah. crazy saying it. But it was really interesting. Um, And it just sounds like your robot is really dialed in to be able to take you to
0: yeah, the, I, the
1: successful place you want to be.
0: I've just known from past experience, no matter what it is, is like sometimes it's just it's like what, what Steve kind of said. It's like there's going to be days when you're excited to go out. You want to train and you really want to push it. And there's going to be days you don't. And if you really want to be at the top of the field and you really want to really want to see what you're made of, it doesn't really matter when it comes down to the end of the day. What matters is you get the work done, or at least you get out and attempt the work. So it doesn't really matter how you feel. Now, your feelings are going to affect everything you're going to do. They're going to play a role in your workout. But even if you don't feel like working out doing it, your competition doesn't matter. Your competition not—they they don't care that you know you don't feel good. Right. It's finding a new way to inspire yourself every day and figuring out a way to get out and do the work. And some days that's easy, and some days that's hard. Well, but, and I think that's you know,
1: ap- applicable from everything from training for something as intense as you know an Ironman World Championship to you're trying to stay in shape and take care of your body, and you know you need to work out seriously. You know, an hour at least three, four, five times a week. right? And some days it's great and you're excited and you want to come to rise up and you want to work out. And other days you're like, oh my God, I just want to go home and eat a pint of ice cream. But you're right. You have to find that, that new way to right. inspire you and say, okay, I got to go do it.
0: Yeah. And I know some people too, it's, it's, um, you know, some people are like, I would never do an Iron Man," and I can understand that. I don't think by any means anyone needs to do an Iron Man or anything like that. And there's a lot of people that are like, I could never go out and run for three hours, you know, that type of thing. Again, you well, never yeah, need to do that. insane. It does. And that's fine. And
1: <laughs> When you say it out loud, you're like, oh.
0: Yeah, when you say it out loud, it sounds a little bit insane. And I understand that. And I can relate to people. And what I kind of tell people is, is that you, this is my passion. It doesn't need to be your passion. But you do need to exercise and you need to be healthy no matter – and that translates to all aspects of your life. So mm-hmm. the advice I give people is find a program like Rise Up Fitness, quote unquote, shameless plug here. But – Find a program or an exercise or something that you can do that with people around you, a community, trainers, people that can motivate you and just show up, right? That's half the battle for me. It's not, it's not running three hours. It's running that first mile of the three hour run. And a lot of people, it's not the workout. It's getting in the car and driving to the workout. Mm -hmm. And so if you rephrase it like that, it's not like, I'm tired. What can I do on the day? It's more like, I'm just going to go out and do it. And, you know, occasionally someone will show up to a workout. It's so rare. It happens maybe to me maybe once a year. Someone will show up, they'll get halfway through a workout, and they're like, my body's tired, and I don't feel good, and I need to go home. And I'll say, no problem. I ho- hope you're okay. And then, you know, you know, hopefully you feel better later on the day. And then they leave. And I always text them later just to check in, right? Mm-hmm. But how often does that happen to you? A lot of times you feel like, I can't do the workout day. When you show up, it's fine. Or when even you start if going, you do show fine. up and you're
1: like, you know, I don't have right. the spark today. I'm not I'm not going to maybe test my limits beyond all belief. But I have I have never once finished a workout nor had anybody no. else that I've trained with, that I've worked out in class with ever finished a workout and said, wow, I wish yeah. I hadn't done that.
0: I mean, I tell people that I say, you know what? Show up, start the workout. If you're 10, 15, 20 minutes in and you're saying, I don't feel good. I don't feel right. Stop. And 99% of the time, you're going to have one or two a year probably where you do stop. The rest of them, you're already going. You're going to finish. And mm-hmm. it's that and work And those usually are, you know, out.
1: there's there's extenuating circumstances you can't control that are not just mentally you didn't want to be totally, there. Totally. Totally. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. Back to okay. triathlon. Um, da, 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 da. Where was I? Oh, I was going to say, uh, what sense of satisfaction do you derive from challenging yourself And does it come from winning? Does it come from like high achievement or something else that you achieve during training and racing?
0: So your so your question is basically is like what what's my drive to do it?
1: Yeah. What what part of it makes you feel satisfied and proud? And where do you find that? Do you find that from getting on the podium, or do you find it somewhere else during the training and racing process?
0: Um, I think my number one drive is to is to have. Is to see that I can achieve what I'm capable of, or push my limit, or break through a new boundary. That first and foremost, I've had plenty of races. I I've won local races. And if someone close to me or someone I train with asked me how the race was, I might tell them like my run was crap. It went good. Again, it's hard to stand on the podium in the first spot and say, oh, I had a bad race. It was there. That's right. not the mentality. Don't say
1: that to the person no, in second never. place because they'll hate your guts forever. Right.
0: But there's there's races I've won where I haven't come close to what I wanted to do or what my mm-hmm. goal was. And you know, in 2012, I finished second at the Ironman World Championships. And a lot of people are like, that's so amazing you finished second. But- to think about that for a second, that's one place away from the best in the world. It's a hard place to be, right? Mm-hmm. And so if I could look back on that day and I could look back on that race and I could say, well, I didn't run a good back half of the marathon. Well, I spent too much time in transitions. Well, my swim was bad. I might have some frustration, to be perfectly honest with you, when I look through that race, I exceeded all my goals in everything I did. I I felt like I put the absolute best. It's an Ironman's never going to go perfect, but the best effort and the best training and the best race I could possibly put together, and I have in second. And I'm extremely extremely proud of that. Even though that I think sometimes second's the hardest place to finish. So to answer well, your question, I look better in silver. So yeah, <laughs> silver than gold. So to it's answer your color. question, I have cool undertones. You know, first and foremost, I'm internally motivated by did I get the most out of myself in the race, and was that what I was capable of? And, and I love the myself trying to find a new level that I can get to. Second off, absolutely, the racing and the competitiveness motivates me. So I'm not going to tell you that oh, it doesn't matter to me as long as I have my best race. No, if there's someone that's a minute up the road and I'm shooting for a podium spot or a win, you damn better believe that's going to give me some extra motivation and you better believe that's going to drive me harder and you better believe that i'm going to be shooting for a space on and that's going to motivate me as well but that's not the number one thing i think that's what people forget sometimes the number one thing should be did you get the most out of yourself did you do what you were capable of could you have done more so if i can check that box i'm happy Mm -hmm. the the podium the winning you know trying to you know place the top 10 in a big race those are all great and those are going to motivate me i'm going to be proud of that but that's not the number one reason
1: And you actually led into, um, my next question, which is, do you ever get frustrated with yourself for your performance and how did you deal with it back when you started and how has that changed? How do you deal with it now or has it changed?
0: Yeah, I, I do get frustrated. Um, I have gotten frustrated races. If you, if you haven't, you don't care enough. If you just, if every race is fun and great and everything's golden, then you're just, you're not, you're not trying to get the most out of yourself in every race, um, in the beginning, it was fairly easy because I was very new to the sport and because I was putting in the work. It almost doesn't matter what you do in the beginning. If you do a lot of training, you're going to get better. Mm-hmm. You don't have to be doing all the right things. You don't have to do everything perfectly because you're coming from doing nothing to doing something. So I saw improvements very quickly, and so that was kind of fun in the beginning. Um, once you kind of make some good improvements, then that's there. Um, I My frustrations, it's interesting to say, but I it's very hard to deal with, that and I don't like not performing to my ability. But those are some of the big, some of the lessons I've learned. Um, you know, you asked back on my best races. Like let's take Wildflower for an example. Actually, it was canceled this year, but one of my favorite races to do. um, You know, I've won that race, um, but and if you ask me on the day that I won about the race, I can't really remember. I had a good day. It was fun. I, I pushed myself hard. I also remember a race on there where it's a half marathon at the end, same distance I'm doing. Is that? I I my nutrition went bad. I didn't pace myself correctly on the bike and I threw up once or twice every mile for the last 6 or 7 miles of the run.
1: That sounds right. horrible. So,
0: which do you think I learned more from?
1: Oh, and you kept going. And
0: I can remember that race in vivid detail and oh, how it unfolded. And I I never made that mistake with my nutrition again. So, what I try to do is is that I take that frustration and I turn that into a learning experience. And so what I try to do is saying, "Okay, what went wrong? Why did I fail? It's okay to fail. It's not okay to fail and not understand why you failed and fix it from happening the next time. And that's a constant process with triathlon and always getting better. You're not going to have your best races, but you can always learn something from it. Mm
1: mm-hmm. hmm. Sorry, I'm just like still distracted by the image of you pulling over to vomit every mile.
0: Um, <laughs> well, the first one or two times it actually feels better cuz you clean your sure stomach. It does. And yeah. after that, then you just kind of have heat stroke and you're sick and it's just not fun. That was a it was a it was it was a run, try to run 2 or 3 minutes, puke, try to run to oh, it was brutal.
1: Yeah, that's gross. Yeah. I'm sorry that happened to you.
0: I thank you, but it's okay. I, I mean, lived. like
1: sounds like it was your fault, but I'm glad you learned from it.
0: Yeah, I survived
1: you um to bring it back around a little bit to um your experiences with triathlon and now what you're doing here at rise up um how do you feel your personal journey with triathlon is reflected in your journey to open and continuing to train members here at rise up and how do you think it guides or affects your understanding of and relationship with members here
0: so you're talking about like how is how is my race in triathlon Influenced uh, our business, other business basically. Yeah,
1: but how is it? How has it brought you to decide to, you know, apply this sort of drive and this passion to this business and the people who come here?
0: Right. Well, I, I mean, the first things first is, um, you know, triathlon. Uh, to to do anybody can just anybody can go out and do a sprint triathlon. In fact, if you're listening to this, you live in Santa Barbara. Do the sprint triathlon this year. I think Addy's going to do it. Yeah. Yeah. We'll see. We'll see. So you don't have to be a pro to do that but to to get to the level that you know I wanted to be at for myself it took a lot of persistence drive passion and that so it's it's not so different than opening a business opening a business is much more of a hard work in a in a different way right it's not as physical it's more of like a a mental hands-on kind of thing but i think just using that is like you know setting goals okay what did we want to do with our business? This is something what we do from the beginning. We do this daily. We do this monthly. And we, we're obviously we have yearly – we're coming up for a year anniversary, but we have yearly goals set. So that will be fun. So doing that, it, you got to take the same approach to a business, right? Growing hard work, focus, determination, doing the right things, being smart, working smart, working hard from that. To have our members come in too – um, I well, think and
1: how we literally train them. We, too. we like,
0: literally physically train them. And so part of what I instill in them is to understand that is like, if you have the right mentality and if you kind of follow our guidance, you will be successful. It's, it's going to happen. You just need to show up. We will make sure you do the hard work. We'll make sure you get there and you'll reach your goals. And I think that's had kind of a profound, f- profound effect on members. Now, with that being said, you know going back to the thing is like i understand a lot of our members come in here triathlon is not their hobby running mm-hmm. racing right your goal might not be no.
1: athletically oriented no. at all and your
0: goal and you might be someone very very else but i've seen in lots of different aspects of people's lives is being fit and seeing improvements and doing that translates to everything else you do so having people understand that and having the mentality of like explain to them like look i started out in triathlon i didn't know what i was doing but if you kind of follow what we do and follow the program and follow the recipe that we did, you're going to be successful. And that's what we've developed here. It's a specific recipe. It's not rocket science, but it is laid out in a very specific manner where if you do the work, you will be successful. There's not, mm-hmm. there's no two ways about it.
1: When, and when it comes down to actually Rise Up Fitness classes, are they... Something that you consider to be of value to you as an athlete, even when you personally have the discipline and the desire to swim and bike and run a lot or all the time?
0: Oh, absolutely. I mean, if I do rise up workouts as well, and I think it's a great for even a triathlete, it's really, really good cross training and it, it stimulates a different, you know, different aspects of the body with different muscle groups, different machines, different things like that. But Helps
1: everything stay well-rounded.
0: Everyone say mm-hmm. say well-rounded. But what well, your question was, I'm sorry, I'm going back to you.
1: Oh, no, but um, I, you're somebody who is an athlete who arguably says like, oh, I, do, I could do enough outside by myself.
0: Oh, what I say to people, yes. And here's what I say about being in the gym and that kind of thing and, and having this group around you. When I take a workout, I can work out in the gym anytime I want, 24 hours a day, right? We right. own the gym. We can work out anytime I want. I'm always going to jump in a crawl class before oh, yeah. I'll work out on my gonna own. I'm not going to do it by myself. No, 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 no. So even if you're motivated enough to do it on your own, a group atmosphere is much better. Like I said, when I, I'm motivated enough to go out and swim, bike, run on my own. I, you better believe I'm talking to my training partners and we're trying to get our schedule together as best we can because it's easier, it's better, and usually it's more successful. And the times I have had you know, more training partners to train with, I actually get better. So having that atmosphere here is great. And the thing is, is just, it doesn't need to be your best friend. They don't need to be your level with the program we do. Just having people next to you that are exerting effort they might not be they may be faster than you they may be slower than you they may they be better than you you may be better than them but just having people to work out next to just helps your motivation and it does me even at my even though i can go out and run three hours by myself alone you better believe i'm jumping in a workout before i'm going to do the workout on my own
1: not to mention you can work on your biceps with those 40-pound curls or maybe start with some 10-pound I movement.
0: can't pick up 40-pound weights out of you know this, but uh, 35s, we'll keep, see. Keep
1: everything well-rounded. Yes. Um, I had to pick up a 40-pound bag of cat litter this morning, and I did it very successfully. So thank you, Rise Up, for that. <laughs> um, That's really what I apply it to in my life is mostly picking up cat litter or dog food. Nice. Um, Lastly, my last question I had written down um, is I kind of want to know... The cracks in the armor, everything that you've sort of expressed and talked about, even when you're talking about being frustrated, you know, you kind of have it figured out. And maybe that's true. Maybe you are, you know, a perfect athlete and everything right. is perfect. But, you know, are is there anything that you're actually nervous for, for this race in particular? And if so, what are you nervous about? What?
0: Yeah. Is um, there
1: any, Are what, what are the weak spots? Can we poke them? Uh, yes, let's, let's poke them. Okay,
0: so... <laughs> Uh, let's, I'll just put it out there and just kind of be a little bit vulnerable. Okay. So the last big race I did was, uh, Olympic distance, uh, world championship in 2015, uh, 15, 2015.
1: Yeah. So I have my memory. How long is Olympic compared to what you're doing? It's yet? about
0: a, it's about a two hour race. Okay. So less than half, half less yeah, than a little, half slightly less than half Okay. time wise. Uh, distance is about exactly half. Okay. So that was the last time 15 was the last time I really, really raced a competitive triathlon. Now, again, I'm going to North American championships this year. So does it make me nervous to step back on a field, you know, with a couple thousand people and some very competitive people? Absolutely. Um, so it's, that makes me nervous. Um, and again, nerves are good. It makes me train harder. It makes me more focused and everything. So when people, when you get nervous, if you're nervous walking in the gym, that's great. That's what, use that. Okay. So that's the first thing. It's been a long time since I've raced at the level I'm about to race at. Mm-hmm. I've done races and I've done other things. I've done triathlons, but not focused for triathons specifically since 2015. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the first thing. Second thing, I've got a lot going on, right? I did, was able to, you know, allocate enough time and I, you know, owe a lot of that to the efficiency we run our business with, and two great business partners. and But I am, was able to get enough training in to do that. But that's a hard thing to balance. I have a three year old daughter, and I have a business I'm running. So I don't have a ton of free time to train when people think.
1: Right. So when you take off in the middle of the work day and you go, okay, I have to go run two hours, and we're like, okay, bye, have fun. Yeah. That's helpful. Okay. Yep. Well, I'll take a little, I'll take some credit. And then when you do well, then.
0: Okay. You can take a little credit. Yeah. But no, it's. Are that- there any
1: winnings that I can take?
0: i'm Never. not in the prize money no. pool, so unfortunately, no, Didn't. I still pay to do this, which is silly, but yeah, you know, so yeah, I think that's number two is that it 's the time management um and you know there's a lot of the times I had to get up early to do those two hour runs and get some work in before or teach classes or stay late or do whatever it is um but also i'm not i don't have the flexibility that I did at one time. So my workouts, I can't do as much time. So everything I have to do is quality. So that's another little thing that I'm a little bit nervous about. There's no wasted workouts. There's no wasted time. There's no, oh, it didn't go well today. Let's do it tomorrow. I just don't have that flexibility in my Mm -hmm. life. So doing that, um, the next kind of, uh, I would say, thing that makes me nervous, I'm getting older. Okay? So that's it. I'm in my, I'm I'm, in a race 35 to 39 age group.
1: I keep telling you, if you wear sunscreen... When you go out, that on doesn't your change your physical age. I might
0: look better, but it doesn't change your physical age. So I'm. renewal, I'm telling you. Yeah. So I am getting older. Um, and that's actually okay because I can race against people in my own age group. So it doesn't set me at a disadvantage as of my competitors are. But it does make me think can I get back to where I once was? Mm-hmm. And I'm not back to that level yet. And I didn't expect to be after you know uh say four or five months of hard training but you know i seem to be hitting numbers where i'm getting back to towards where i was so comparing yourself again i'm no matter how i finish is on in the race it doesn't really matter as long as i think i got the most out and my hardest critic is myself so even if i'm older and don't have as much time and hasn't put in much training you better believe i'm going to be comparing my results to previous results that's just how i am and that's what i want to do so that mm-hmm. makes me a little nervous um the other thing that makes me nervous is training's never perfect and prep's never perfect. And as a lot of you guys know, it was a bad sick season. So I had that. So I had to train through a lot of sicknesses, which um, is not ideal. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of wearing in my mind a little bit. I think I've done enough. I think I'm where I want to be. I'm happy with it. But you always have that feeling, no matter, I don't care how fit you are, but always like, could I have done more? Could things have gone a Uh, little better? I can
1: tell by how much your voice is inflicting. Yeah. So
0: so the nerves are there. Um, With that being said, I'm really, really excited to race and I'm okay with it being nervous. Um, I'm okay with being nervous about it. Um, You know, and going into it, you know, I think that I've. Done enough to put myself in a position where I can have a, have a very high finish on this if I do well.
1: All right. Well, we will be tracking you for sure. I will be here teaching while you're racing, and we'll definitely find your little race dot yeah. on uh, the Ironman website. We'll be keeping an eye on you from here. Yeah. We'll if be any, rooting for you too.
0: If anyone's interested, it's um, Ironman St. George. All you have to do is if you go to Ironman.com, if anyone wants to follow the race, it's on Saturday, the 3rd. Ironman.com and then Ironman 70.3 St. George. That's the 70.3 means the half Ironman. You can click on that. You can Google by name. Saturday the 4th? 4th. I'm sorry. Yeah. I should know what day I'm racing right now. Yeah, I hope so. Saturday so the, the f-
1: 4th. May the 4th be with you.
0: Yeah. May the 4th be with you. There we go. So that'll be um, – you can follow that. You can follow by name. Um Follow me because if I have people watching me, that's a little oh, we'll extra pressure, right? We are
1: going to be watching you. We're I like the pressure.
0: It makes me nervous, but I like it.
1: Well, we we will definitely be following you. Um, and we'll get you guys to a little race report after the race. Uh-oh. Um, hopefully it goes well. We'll be rooting you on. But do you have any any closing comments? or?
0: I don't. Um, I'm excited to do it. And do it's you have like a great. rally
1: cry or like a mantra?
0: uh i i mean there's a lot of internal things i dig from do you want to know what my my mantra was that i still go back to from yeah what's your racing? mantra
1: it's like your spell i don't maybe really tell people lie, I, maybe, maybe I, if we all say it together it'll put a spell on you to go faster
0: put a spell on me to go faster um okay so this was the mantra so i kind of developed with my coach because at any iron man this was on 2012 on the world championships um it's something that you got to draw back to when times get tough. Um, so this when was my mantra. Um, approach the day with patience. Stay focused on the task at hand. Uh, sorry. Approach the day with patience. Stay focused at the task at hand. Race with um, intelligence first and emotion second. Dig deeper than you are at all. Suffer. I'm a tall guy. Suffer more than you thought humanly possible. That sounds fun. And remember to smile and enjoy the day. And I kept telling myself that. I like that the
1: the smile one's just right after the suffer one.
0: Well, it is. I mean, if you have to be prepared to suffer if you want to do well, but we got to remember after you tell yourself that, you got to remember why you're there. You're there for fun and to push yourself. And that just helps you relax after you get really amped up and motivated.
1: All right. Well... We will be watching, Kyle. Thank you. Um, Iron Man St. George is this Saturday, May 4th. Um, So you can look that up online if you want to follow Kyle. And we will let you know how it goes. And hopefully hearing a bit more about him um, helps you feel inspired. I know it helps me be inspired. I'm inspired by both Kyle and Emily all the time, actually, um, in a variety of different ways. But um, I think a lot of times we're inclined to, and this is just my closing remark, from the least uh, athletically naturally athletically inclined of the three of us um, nobody gets anything uh, just by wishing for it and that's definitely not true if Kyle who's put in a, a crap load of work which is uh, a precise measurement technical term um, <laughs> to be able to be where he is and that uh, is very inspiring so Hopefully you got something out of it. Um, we'll be back to let you know how it goes, and good luck, Kyle. Well, thank
0: you, Addie. Next time going to have it, to interview you.
1: In theater we say break a leg, but I don't.
0: I don't want you to do that. It maybe doesn't translate to rawtham. Well. All right, thank, thank you. Good luck. All right, thanks.